Here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Hey everybody, welcome to Press X to Reload, the continuing saga to find the best video game adaptations. Taking a bit of a side here, we are looking at not direct video game adaptations right now, but video game influenced films. I am Nick Moore, with me as always is Wayne Brissett. Wayne. Good day everyone. And Mark Athanas. Mark. How's it going? And today we dive into Pixels, a film from 2015 starring Adam Sandler and Kevin James and Dan Aykroyd and Michelle Monaghan and Peter Dinklage and Jesus Christ, the sheer number of people who you recognize in this is staggering for such a simple concept. Uh, For those who do not know about this, it is based off of a two and a half minute short film about video games coming to life and just ripping the planet apart and pixelizing everything that they touch as they destroy it. They've dragged it out to be a video game competition where the winner's footage is sent off into space. I really don't understand why, but we'll get into that. And aliens find it and take that footage as a declaration of war and send enemies down that look like the video game characters. And it's up to Adam Sandler, the IT nerd tech repair dude, and his best friend, the president of the goddamn United States, Kevin James, to (laughs) save the day. We'll start with Wayne. Where are your thoughts on this film? Okay, so I actually really like this movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you got to turn your brain off. There's there's some just outright silly stuff that A, doesn't make sense. B, would never happen. Uh, I'm not talking about the the aliens invading. I'm talking about like how Kevin James is as the president. There's just a lot of stuff that <laughs> you really got to you really got to turn your your brain off and and accept what just what this is trying to be. It's it's half rom-com, half nostalgic uh, based comedy like and because my gaming actually started in the arcade, I can't help but smile every time I see anything with the aliens coming down just because I can identify with all of it from all right from the beginning from being in the arcade just like we did with Tron. Actually, there's a lot of Tron similarities in this starting with an arcade, a guy getting cheated out from somebody who was better, very neon in color, uh, games to life, except instead of going into the game, the game's coming into right, the world, right, right. gets redeemed at the end. But, you know, we'll, we'll cover all of that. But I don't know. I have a good fun with it. It makes me laugh. There's some good humor in it, maybe some a little too much for, for kids. Hopefully it flies over their heads. <laughs> but uh, uh, overall, I have a good time with it. I'm a little bit of a sucker for Adam Sandler. Not all of his films are great, but I, I do enjoy Actually, quite a few of his films. I don't know what it is. I'm a soccer for him, and I do like this film. I think it's good. Fair. Mark, how about you? Interesting. I'm maybe a bit of the reverse in terms of a Sandler fan. I am not an Adam Sandler fan, and it's a shorter list of movies I like. Um, so the interesting thing with this movie is I like a lot of parts of this movie. I love the concept, the set pieces, the uh, the, the special effects are amazing. Um, I love the music and the, you know, the, the throwback to the 80s again, like it's throwing it back to our childhood in arcades and all, everything Wayne said. I, I love that concept. What was weird for me was that uh, I enjoy this movie. I genuinely can say I enjoy this movie. 
I think I almost enjoy it in spite of the acting because there are moments <laughs> that like I just feel like the scene is torturously long and I'm basically like get back to the action because when it's moving, when it's not trying to have a, any kind of a love story or any kind of a backstory, I think it's a great movie. I think it's so much fun. The concept, everything they have to do while they're fighting. I, I love it. I love it so much. And when I'm laughing, it's in those moments when I'm enjoying right. the movie. And the moment those moments stop, most of their attempts at comedy fall a little flat on me. It almost seems like Sandler himself is like not trying and is a bit of a depressed character. <laughs> <laughs> Even his sense of humor, like when he's delivering jokes, he's like, yeah, this isn't funny, I'm just, but I got to say the line. Like that's the way it felt to me. Right, right. And sometimes, sometimes they pay off to make me smile, but it's an interesting movie. I'm torn because I looked at it – at the beginning when there was like, okay, like you're, you're, you're a kid and you can, you know, you're the greatest at video games in the world. So you get to go into a, a contest. And it was just like, you know what, for the rest of this movie, I'm going to look at it through the lens of a kid and through the lens of a kid, I think it's great family fun. Okay. So this movie is odd to me because I'm not much of a Sandler fan. And when I saw the preview for this film, it looked like complete garbage to me. Just complete, total garbage. Uh, when you suggested mm -hmm. this, my heart sank because I thought, oh, God, I actually have to watch this film. And I got Corinne to sit down with me and convinced Parker to sit down with me and thought, at least I don't suffer alone. And top five Sandler for me. I genuinely enjoyed this movie. And I <laughs> yeah, don't think it's, it's entertaining. <laughs> I don't think it was just a matter of lowered expectations. I'm sure that plays a part of it. But of the film's that I enjoy Sandler versus the ones where I don't. The more over-the-top and unreal he starts to get when he's doing that voice and yelling at people, I find him yeah. obnoxious. The mm -hmm. less, like, mm -hmm. a normal person he acts, the more he gets on my nerves. So I don't like, you know, the Jack and Jill's kind of films that he's made. And Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of those. Right, <laughs> most of the, <laughs> no like, one, the Ridiculous no Six. No one does. All of that kind of stuff. He actually makes good rom-coms. Right. He makes good rom-coms. Yes, he does. Sure. And even in those... Eight, yeah, stuff like that. Even in those films, the parts that I enjoy aren't the parts where he goes over the top, like Wedding Singer when he starts losing his mind on stage. That's not yeah. the parts I watch for. I don't really like him exaggerated. Yeah. I don't like his SNL days. But yeah. the quieter moments that he has in there, which are more like funny people and whatnot, he's he's a really good, naturally charismatic person. And when he's mm. just kind of going through life as a grown-up as part of like the nerd IT people and the little jokes he's <laughs> making of people... He would consistently make me laugh when you've got Josh Gad getting close to him and he's talking about conspiracy theories. He goes, you remember Space Invaders? Yeah. Okay, because you're invading my space. Just back up. Just a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> just back up. <laughs> yeah. All of those little asides yeah. that he does or when uh, Brian Cox, the military general, is going on about how no, we have good. to destroy Galaga like it's a place and just the, all right, who let, <laughs> yeah. uh, who let grandpa behind the wheel of the station wagon again? Just, just calm down there. All of those things from yeah. him I really enjoy. And... Yeah. In the film, the big spectacle video game stuff, while it's cool, most of it to me was fairly predictable. I know kind of where it's going to go, so there wasn't much yeah. surprise. Yeah. It was just fun. But all of the little jokes that he makes were surprising and fun to me because they're nice little digs. And Kevin James, for maybe the first time on film, I enjoyed him. Yeah, I agree because I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> I usually don't enjoy him. I tried watching things like King of Queens and such. and I Yeah, he does not make me laugh. Something about him just doesn't work for me and in this film he was more believable as the president of the united states than he was as a guy working at the docks down in queens yeah like 
it's still thoroughly ridiculous that he's somehow president of the United States just because the way he carries himself. He's like if yeah. Bush Jr. was 10 years younger and even more off <laughs> than, the, yeah. like, than normal. Yeah. But it was a surprisingly fun movie. I Yeah. Top five for me. I'm blown away by that. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. Let's get into some of the meat of this thing. So it opens mm-hmm. up with, as you guys said, very nostalgia. And I know it makes it hard for us to kind of tear ourselves away from it because you've got the main characters as kids riding on bikes while it's playing cheap trick in the background. And they're heading off to an arcade after stealing, I guess, his sister's quarters from the lemonade stand. Yeah, from the mm-hmm. lemonade stand. Yeah. And she's like, get back here, you hosers. And Crin's like, that's that's a word from the 90s. I went, no, no, no. Bob and Doug McKenzie, Strange Brew, mid-80s. Yeah. That's a Canadian oh, word. Yeah. Yep. I like this film that's now. straight from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe I didn't run in the right circles or whatnot. Maybe you guys can correct me. Did you ever have a competition for video games nearly the shape, scale, or anything of what they're showing in this film where there's crowds of people... And Dan Aykroyd showing up sending missiles into space with your message? Did I miss this? Yeah. I'm assuming this that must have been an American thing as we are Maybe. Canadian. It was. <laughs> the Americans were very big no on idea. their tournaments. Yeah, no, Americans are very big on their tournaments. I know one of them actually came up to, to Toronto in the 80s. It's all all in what is there's a place in a like online in the States. It's a big arcade. They track all like the high scores. Then I know there was a big debacle mm-hmm. about the guy who won. Donkey yes. Kong actually cheated. They just yes. took him out of the Guinness. I but now that. I think they put him back in. I don't know. It's a big mess. Yeah. But it, it's very big. There was a temporary thing there where they were debating whether or not he cheated or not. I think his name is, I want to say Billy Mitchell. That's it. Yeah, Billy Mitchell. Which apparently Peter Dinklage is based off of him, apparently. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And if you actually, there's a Netflix series right now called High Score. And you'll, you'll actually yeah. be surprised because they touch on a lot of the stuff in the 80s that were all big about these big tournaments and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it was big back then. Well, watching this opening with that yeah. video game competition, it makes me want to go and watch that King of Kong documentary to see just how big it is in the States. Because I just had it's to take crazy. this particular film at its word of, OK, I guess you really do have a couple of like cosplay girls hanging on your every word behind you and a bunch of people cheering you. The last few movies uh... we've watched seem to have crowds of people cheering behind someone playing at an arcade machine, which I never got that as a kid. And man, I would have kind of enjoyed having a crowd cheering me on. Back in that day, these guys would buy the arcade unit for their home and they would literally practice for like 30 hours straight. Like (laughs) it's great. You got to watch that King of Kong documentary. It's nuts. (laughs) I got to say that I've never been surrounded by people who didn't know me and cheer for me in an arcade. But like if your buddies were there, yeah, sure. You're like, oh my sure. god, I'm gonna get the high score. Like yeah. so when they recreate moments like The Last Starfighter, where it's like, okay, these people know him. Yes, it's weird that they got out of their beds to watch this moment, but <laughs> they know him. But this was just weird because they were just like in a regular arcade. And I'm not right. talking about the tournament, I'm talking about the opening in the regular arcade. I remember crowds that would form around like something new. Like I remember Dragon's Lair. The first time I saw Dragon's yeah. Lair in the arcade. It was packed with people around looking at this, like, what the hell is this? Like, how is there a cartoon yeah. being as a video game? So, like, that's the only time yeah. I remember seeing crowds, not for cheering people. Okay. More for, me- I'm mesmerized by what is this, you know? And we <laughs> didn't have fair. a large crowd, but one one time Nick and I sat, uh, set up shop at a, I think it was a Soul Calibur. It was Soul Calibur. In arcade in Scarborough. <laughs> 
we had a line of uh, competitors who wanted who wanted a piece of us. Would be challengers. We just kind of took turns destroying them, so it was kind of fun. We were the only two people <laughs> who could beat each other. Yeah, <laughs> they just kept coming. It was in. A, it was a good moment. But, it was us and uh, Shane. In downtown. It was good times. That's awesome. But outside of that, yeah, I, I've never experienced that. So. Right. Very weird. But I wish I'd grown up in that particular sort of thing. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Should have been in the States. So moving forward, you find out that, okay, they he faces off against Peter Dinklage's Billy Mitchell ripoff. And he just barely loses, even though they're both at the game over screen of saving. I guess maybe his score is lower or he doesn't do it fast enough. Either way, getting second place in this competition breaks his heart so thoroughly that he loses all ambitious drive to be anything in life, apparently. Mm -hmm. To the point where his friend that says, no, 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 we could totally be something, goes on to be president of the United States... The weirdo kid that they yeah. befriend at the tournament becomes a conspiracy nut job, and Adam Sandler just becomes this dude floating through life as an IT repair dude. That's a weird kind of connection to have, where mm-hmm. Kevin James becomes president and still maintains a close friendship with his aimless, wandering friend who just fixes and <laughs> installs PlayStations. It, it's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. It's funny. It's charming. They make it work oh, weird. because Kevin James and Adam Sandler are such friends together. So there's a chemistry. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it makes the Kevin James character endearing. Right. Because he, mm-hmm. he seems like he's grounded. He's not a he's, he's not a flighty guy. He's not just a politician. He's sure grounded in something. So it makes him, his character seem a bit more approachable. Right. And you have fun moments like when Kevin James is kind of making fun of Adam Sandler saying, you know, Video games aren't important oh. anymore. It's like a blacksmith. I mean, yeah. what good would you be if you were a blacksmith? Mm-hmm. And then Adam Sandler yeah. turns to like the crowd of people who are booing and chanting at Kevin James as president because apparently he's a pretty sure. bad president and goes, why would you shut down all the libraries for the children? That's awful. They deserve to read. And just looks at him and goes, blacksmith, huh? And drives away. <laughs> I was like, that is a <laughs> yeah, dick great. move. Yeah. But it was yeah. really funny. And they have yeah. that. Yes, they have a genuine friendship in real life that translates well onto the screen. So even though For sure. it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense plot wise that they'd still be friends, I'm going to buy into it. And frankly, a right. lot of the stuff that happens in this film on paper and when you say it out loud <laughs> makes <laughs> no sense at all. Oh, no, no, it sounds no, terrible. No, no, What I was getting throughout this was the the Ghostbusters vibe. That's what it felt yes. like. A lot of absolutely, yeah. they're just dicking around you know, and having fun. To me, it was Ghostbusters met Tron. Yeah, they captured that magic. Yeah. So, the very premise of the plot of Dan Aykroyd's crazy man running the competition goes: we're going to take the footage of the winner and send it off into space. One by sending the footage, what do they mean? Do they mean a picture of the two people playing at the arcade machine and send that off into space, or an actual capture of the screen and just the video game characters? I don't really know which one he means, but I don't see how either one could be seen as a declaration of war. And if it's a declaration of (laughs) war, are the aliens construing that as, hey, you aliens suck. We could kick your ass. In fact, we dare you to bring stuff like this to us because we could destroy them. Is it we're so awesome that if we were the player, we'd beat all of these video game characters? I don't understand why they send light energy creatures that look like all the video game characters instead of just being whatever the aliens actually look like which is never ever defined 
No. I don't think we're actually supposed to look that much into this so that the story can happen. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Do you remember how deeply I looked I at Double gonna, Dragon? I I don't think we're supposed to. <laughs> I, just, I know you're gonna. We're just not supposed to. <laughs> I wanted to know about the deep lore of Double Dragon. I'm going to know about this. <laughs> I'm amazed that you looked that hard at it and liked it still. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's so true. I'm actually, that's so true. I'm amazed that that was bothering you and you're like, this is a good movie. <laughs> Top five. But for every time, every time something would happen like that, they'd have Adam Sandler say something funny. All of his quiet little jabs yeah. made the movie fun for me. Because I know Absolutely. you took it as he's depressed. I took it as he's quietly frustrated and just kind of resigned himself to, eh, this is my life. I could have been something and now I'm not going to. But that frustration yeah. bleeds through in a way that's almost like punch drunk love where you can see under the surface he's just kind of pissed. But yeah. he never really lets it explode. Just sarcasm. Right. He does yeah. a really good job of that. I really appreciate yeah. it about him. And he is genuinely funny in terms of the one-liners that he spits out. But you have the aliens come down in the bizarre video game form that they're in and start attacking a base in Guam. I really dig the special effects of when they hit something or destroy oh. something, it pixelates. The I pixels? It. Yeah, right. it's fantastic. Love it. It's really cool. It's, it's got to be one of my favorite things about this movie and even about like special effects recently. And I'm talking years here. It's one of yeah. my favorite effects yeah. I've ever seen. It just looks it's, great. It's absolutely it looks good. Effects. And yeah. it's not even that it's like a cutting edge technology, but it's stylistically no. so clever that it looks absolutely. good. So good. The idea to have, yeah. okay, the video game amazing. characters coming down and have really not even arguably 8-bit. Like it's Atari design graphics, but with a level of <laughs> yeah. reflective mirroring and shadows and such on the surface that you have of today. It's a really good combination which I absolutely. absolutely love. It works well. But then it leads to another yeah. bizarre moment to me of they destroy the base and they decide they're going to take a trophy. Because it makes sense. You win a level, you get a trophy. And they focus on that one military guy who's standing in the middle of it and start beaming him up. And you see him breaking apart pixel-wise. The way he reacts, screaming like a lunatic, I assumed that he's in immense pain as this is happening. That it's just an excruciating right. oh, process. Interesting. Because he's losing his mind as he gets pulled apart. Now, that seems to be thoroughly disproven towards the end of it because the love interest, her son, gets pulled up and he just seems stunned by what's happening. Adam Sandler and Kevin James and Michelle Monaghan, they all just step into the portal to go face the last boss, all stoic looking and like ready to fight. So I guess that the military trained guy at Guam is just a scaredy cat? And was just screaming at an existential fear. I saw Possible. that differently. I had a very different thought in that very same scene. Because when it starts to happen, his hand starts to disappear first. And he doesn't react. And I was like, oh, I guess it doesn't hurt. That was my first thought when I saw it. I was like, oh, it doesn't hurt. Because he's shooting and then his, his hand starts to disintegrate. And then he starts to scream when he sees what's happening. And I was like, oh, he's just freaking out. See, that's the way. So that's really yeah. funny that you took it in an entirely Fair. different way than me. So again, I don't think we're supposed to look into it that much and just let <laughs> <at> the story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna, and I'm gonna yeah. keep going because it gets better as it yeah. goes on. So sure. yes. you have Kevin James pull his IT friend into the Oval Office, pulls Adam Sandler in there to go, hey, look at this footage from it. Doesn't that look weird to you? And they both have such good <laughs> memories that they remember what a screen of Galaga looks like 
from 20 odd years ago and the drone footage that's showing the attack on Guam is from the correct angle of the arcade screen so you can see the pattern properly of Galaga from 1982 so that they both recognize it that is some amazing coincidence yeah. stuff right there but it's amazing. you have him meet in the war room <laughs> and Adam Sandler has his orange you know uniform the orange shorts which are hilarious Eventually, you have the the military at least on board enough to have him and Josh Gad's conspiracy nut dude with them. And the first time they actually fight anything is Centipede. I love the idea of Adam Sandler and Josh Gad yelling at them how to actually win the game. Shoot for the head, not the body. If you shoot the body, it'll split in two. Anticipate the move. It'll hit the mushroom, bounce off. Right. And I like the idea that the military, they don't listen to them and it's going worse. And then, you know, Adam Sandler and Josh Gad are going to pick up the guns and they're going to fight. But it makes no yeah. sense that they know how to wield any kind of weapons. I've played <laughs> dozens, hundreds of video games. I've taken down numerous bosses. If you put an actual grenade launcher in my hand, you're going to see one fatality and it will be me. That's the only person who will die. <laughs> However, we need to put that theory to the test since you've never shot a grenade launcher. Shot Maybe a grenade launcher. there's a secret you know, ability you're not aware of. I You're suppose like, hey, yeah. I can actually do this at it's one all, point. Uh, hand-eye coordination. Hand-eye coordination. At one point, it's about, they apparently. both fire behind them and hit enemies that are coming for them like true badasses. I'm like, where did they get any oh, yeah. level of actual physical coordination? <laughs> hand-eye coordination Within is not the, the same game. as being in shape. Josh Gad is not yeah. a triathlete. He's not in shape. <laughs> <laughs> what is amazing about that? is that you're worried about their hand-eye, and where I lost all belief is when Sandler runs. I was like, he's chasing down that centipede. And oh. I was like, no. Yeah, and that thing was fast. <laughs> and he no. chases it down. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, again, I didn't know a huge amount about this film because I saw the preview and just kind of noped out, but Sean Bean's in it, and he doesn't die. Yeah, chalk one up for him surviving. I know. That puts him at what, like 76 deaths and like two survives, I guess, out of his entire career? Yeah, I think so. At least. It's got to be. Yeah, I'm proud of him. Same thing with Brian Cox being the the military general. He usually dies in things. Yeah. (laughs) That's because he's such a villain. And it's weird. You have some legitimately big name heavy hitter actors like Brian Cox. He's in Manhunter. He's in the X-Men films. He's a legitimate actor. Yeah. He's oh, always yeah. willing to ham it up for this. And he's good in this. And he's good. He does he's done a lot of screen time, but he's he he takes care of it. <laughs> and he's not too surprising yeah. to me because he's done trick or treat and other stuff like that. We're okay, pure yeah. genre work. But Sean Bean showing up caught me so off guard. <laughs> We're filming a beer commercial. Right. Okay, yeah. When you have Adam Sandler <laughs> going, You guys get out of here, there's aliens coming and the English soccer hooligans are there like what are you talking about and then Sean Bean going we're making a beer commercial oh all right then no problem oh, they all right, take then. off <laughs> or later on yeah. this is like no beer commercial yeah. I've ever seen if I tell you it's a beer commercial it's a beer commercial <laughs> it's a beer commercial <laughs> well and the thing to again not think too much on is that they cleared the field but let them stay I know because <laughs> they're all right yeah. there they just cleared the field for a Which military operation right <laughs> They're just like, they're right there. They're still right there to see it. They're spectating. They're spectating. They're right behind a barrier. Oh, God, I love it. So just before that, because again, the the, the rules that the aliens set up is if we lose three times in a row, our world is forfeit. Because I guess if you put it in one quarter, you get three lives. I don't remember arcade games being that generous. I remember one quarter is one life and they'll suck your wallet dry. But okay. Certain games. Certain games. Certain games. 
Yeah, certain games, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Pac-Man was three. Sure. The first life is Guam, and they lose. Yes. The second life is, I think that was what, India, Mm -hmm. I think? And I fully expected the Tetris attack sort of thing to happen there. Instead, they did break it, which looked amazing. But the one guy who's yeah. proposing to his fiance or <laughs> so his girlfriend there, and then she takes off. So good. He sees this. He puts the song yeah. on. Right. He <laughs> sees this palace getting destroyed, but you can't resist the urge to take a selfie, selfie. and he becomes yeah. a trophy. <laughs> it seems really arbitrary how the aliens decide what constitutes a trophy. The Guam one, I understand. It's a soldier in that attack. They win the attack, they get the soldier. That guy has nothing to do with that palace. Why not take one of the people working there? The poor dude's just <laughs> proposing to his girlfriend outside of it. And because he's too dumb to run away first, I feel like she knew something was going to go down and she abandoned him. So she wouldn't be the trophy. She's the smart one there. I think we're not supposed to look that much into this so that the story can <laughs> happen. I think I- <laughs> you keep saying that, but I'm not hearing it. <laughs> you might be onto something, Wayne. You might be onto something. <laughs> I'm telling you, the movie's almost more fun if you try to make sense of it because it's just an unrelenting mystery. No, it'll break you. Yeah, it'll break you. I'm going to shatter into pixels before this podcast is over. Just (laughs) that's what's going to happen. So they win Centipede. And then maybe the best action sequence in the film happens, Pac-Man. Yeah, which I thought was agreed. really oh, yeah. well filmed. And I was wondering how they would pull that off. And the idea of putting them into like little smart cars or minis or whatnot that are all colored the color of the Pac-Man ghosts with the license plates having the names on the ghosts on the back of them. That's pretty cool. That's clever. And then yeah, chasing clever. after I Pac-Man. I did kind of see coming a million miles away the whole creator getting out and going, no, no, Pac-Man is my son and he is good. Yeah. Which uh, is still idiot. funny. It's still it makes funny. me laugh. Yeah, it's only funny because his reaction after Pac-Man bites his hand off and it's all digitized and yes. going away Get the, and just yeah. destroy that bitch. <laughs> yeah, that crazy bitch. But all of the yeah. filming that they had for that actual action sequence of Josh Gad and Dinklage and Adam Sandler chasing Pac-Man through the city looked pretty cool and then going to yeah. like the, the war awesome. room and it really is just a Pac-Man screen that they're watching <laughs> and then I like when Pac-Man gets the pellet that he can eat them they're all like oh, oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> they all and get I love away. it disables the force field that they have in their cars and the force field's what was giving their cars the color so now all their cars turn blue yeah. that's yeah. awesome yeah. <laughs> that's a cool <laughs> yeah. little detail yeah and, and then Adam it. Sandler's yeah. legitimately badass moment where Dinklage has been run into the river, so his car is gone. Josh Gad's car has been eaten, though he's able to jump out and save himself. And the chasing after Pac-Man until he eats the pellet and then reversing away from him for the 10 seconds it'll take for him to be vulnerable again. So that just when Pac-Man goes to eat him, it hurts him to eat him and he dies as he's falling off. What was he? Mm. Drove through like a, a parking yeah. garage at multiple levels in reverse. Yeah, and landed on the roof of another parking level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes no sense that he was able to go fast enough, other than I guess maybe Pac Man doesn't corner as well as the mini, I guess. But visually, it looked awesome. It was really that cool. Was great. Yeah. yeah, it was a good, it was very good. cool moment. Yeah, like I said, the set pieces, the action pieces are phenomenal. And then the, the grand finale set piece of Donkey Kong. You guys go ahead. I love it, but I want to hear your thoughts on it first. So one of the first, when that scene happens, one of the first things, me and Christina, we look at each other and like, how has there not been some sort of VR games done? Right. Like what Pixels has done from Centipede, 
Space Invaders, yeah. whatever, Donkey Kong. Like, how have we not changed those into virtual reality yet where you're actually in those games now? They're so classic. They, they right. can't be hard to do. I think it would be a blast. That is my favorite thing about the concept of this movie. I loved, again, the yeah. reverse Tron. The idea that the basic what they do was they take the old classic 2D arcade game and they made it VR. And so, yeah, yeah they're not technically... I guess, plug into a gaming system when they're doing things, but like, it's like they're playing a VR game, which is why I believed again, without thinking too much about what they were doing. Um, like, I don't really know how cheat codes work in the real world and how it that. However, (laughs) I'll try not to think about that so that the movie, I don't think you're supposed to, so that you can let the movie happen. So Peter Dinklage's sunglasses with cheat codes written on the inside of it. One, how does no one see those? If I have a scratch on my glasses, I can see it. He is scrawled on a cheat Mm -hmm. code Two, what cheat codes, what cheat codes exist that you can put it in three. If you can put them into a video game, that's fine. But how is he putting them in, in real time in the car? Were there controllers in the car? None of that makes any sense. But it was and cool. it's not supposed to. <laughs> it's not supposed to, so happen. the movie can happen. <laughs> but it's fine, because as soon as you meet Peter Dinklage, and he is this ridiculous... Is he from the bayou, that accent? Caricature? I don't even know what it is. He sounds like he's from the bayou. I'm not quite sure if he's like the most overdrawn Remy LeBeau I've ever seen in my life. I'm not quite sure what that accent is. But demanding an island and a threesome with Martha Stewart and Serena Williams. Which is awesome. And never wants to pay taxes ever again because he's a world-saving hero if he does this. It no longer matters if there's cheat codes. The best acting is at the end when he gets his wish. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) When they're waiting up in the the Lincoln bedroom. His jaw drop. When he's putting away that phone, the look on his face. Oh, my God. And she's holding the panini sandwich. Now, speaking of bedroom moments. Oh, favorite part of the movie. So Josh Gad's weird conspiracy theorist character who's in love with this video game character, Lady Lisa. (laughs) When you have Mm -hmm. the aliens sending down all of their stuff to fight everyone and you've got like the joust creatures and the Burger Time creatures and Mario trying to jump on somebody and Peter Jinklage and Josh Gad are fighting them all. And then Lady Lisa comes down and starts beating the hell out of them. He wins her over with the power of love. Fine. I'll accept that. When they manage to send all the bad guys away, she has to go away with them. So he loses his love. I'll accept that. But the second trophy they got was Qbert. And then they just have Qbert turn into Lady Lisa. Which is the funniest Adam Sandler line. Right. That's the funniest Adam Sandler line. He's like, is nobody else freaked out by this? That just used to be Qbert. That is the best. Because that's what I said. I'm watching. I'm like, well, that's super weird and creepy. Is he going to go have sex with Qbert now? And he does. And then the end credits sequence, there's a bunch of Qbert babies inside the little crib. (laughs) I just about fell off the couch laughing. That is messed up. That would be the weirdest birth (laughs) ever. Shooting out a bunch of pixelated Qberts. What the good God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So many questions with this film, but I still enjoyed it because I was never, ever, for a single moment, I was never bored. The movie can happen. (laughs) I was never bored, not once, no, not yeah. ever. Which I was baffled throughout most of it. Numerous questions have come yes. up. I wish that they had some sort of wiki page that would explain half of this for me. And the fact that it has just enough slow moments that it feels like the film has room to breathe. Normally such a weird concept like this. When I started up, it was like an hour and 46 minutes. Oh, dear God, this is too long. But the 15 yeah. minutes of character stuff that drags it past an hour and a half helps it. It's better yeah. for it. 
Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. Fair. <laughs> I was like, get back to the action. You're killing me. Two here. against one. Fair. Yeah. We all love it for different reasons, I guess. Is there anything yes. that I've missed yes. that stood out for you guys? You said you were going to talk about Donkey Kong, something about you. Yes. Okay. So you have them all wearing their arcader uniforms, which as far as I can tell are just NASCAR racing outfits with arcade written on them, which is amazing <laughs> that the world is coming to an end, but brand recognition is so important to America that they slap those things on them so that they can fight. But the the visual for it, in terms of constantly switching back to a legitimate 2D representation to show them, and you have them live on there with yeah. all the CG, it looked as close to being in Donkey Kong as you could imagine. <laughs> it was yeah. really yeah. cool. And then when they do the actual, like, eh, normal cinematography where you have your close-ups and your action shots... They looked cool in that VR kind of way you described, but the little touch that I really enjoyed that Corinne pointed out, when one of the barrels is coming down towards Kevin James, rather than climb up the ladder or jump, because let's face it, I'm not claiming I'm in shape, but Kevin James isn't in shape either. Instead, he circles behind one of the ladders and holds (laughs) on to it so it won't hit him, and he gets zero points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It comes up with a zero point because he's technically cheating. (laughs) Cheating. That is great. That is an awesome yeah. moment that you yeah. still have, like, scores coming up as they're doing all of this. And as far as I can tell, I guess, because, you know, Evil Max Hedrome that, like, beckons them to come up to the alien spaceship. Mm. I guess Donkey Kong is the king, queen, lord of the aliens, I guess? Or is he, like, guess. their big, bad, like, enforcer dude? Because, again, you never really see the aliens themselves. You see Max Hedrome go, ah, oh, you can meet the big boss and... Blah, blah, blah. If you can face us up here, I guess Donkey Kong's the big last boss. And thematically, it would work if Adam Sandler had been defeated by Donkey Kong at the beginning, but he only lost the competition because he didn't beat it fast enough or get a high enough score. He's beaten Donkey Kong before. If anything, Peter Dinklage should be his villain. It's all really confusing. Yeah. But I don't think you're supposed to know who the big boss is so that the movie can happen. (laughs) So that the movie can happen. Yes, yes, I, yes. I don't, think you're, I don't think you're supposed to think about these things that hard. Because don't forget, at the end, Kevin James is like he negotiated a peace treaty. And right. we don't get to with see who? that either. Yeah, what is the who? peace treaty? Are they living in coexistence? Know. Do the alien characters show up? Do they stay in video game form? These are all fascinating questions for me. But anyway. Yeah. Overall, I really recommend it. I am baffled that it sits at 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm baffled that some people are sitting here going on about how it's not a great Sandler film. Like, well, watch Jack and Jill and you'll have a new appreciation for this. Yeah. The nostalgia for me makes me be able to watch it. So. I'm not surprised it's at 17% because, again, I think if you went in there with a different attitude or not appreciating a lot of what it's trying to do, yeah, I could see you'd be disappointed. To me, I think they achieved exactly what they wanted to go for. It was 80s nostalgia with a Ghostbusters vibe. You're not supposed to ask a lot of questions. They're not going to give you any answers. And it's actually charming in that they basically say, you probably want to know how that hap- how that works, don't you? We're not telling you. Right. I love it. I absolutely love it. So sounds like we're all in agreement. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. So I say check it out for one reason or another anyway. Uh, We will call this one to an end. Next time we get together, uh, we are going to watch the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. This is the last of our video game-influenced films, and we'll go back to normal video game films. Prepare yourselves for a lot of curse words and way worse effects than anything we've watched up to this point. Absolutely. I love this film. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. 
It is just the best. I haven't. <laughs> I thoroughly I enjoy not. it. I'm going to subject you both to it. I like everything he does. If you're a fan of him, it's yeah. him for a long time. But again, we thank you all for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me was Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good times. We'll see Except you again for, soon. Uh, seven, it was 17% of a good time. <laughs> Later. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.